God, we thank you. We thank you for your greatness, Lord, and your might and your power. You are truly great. We thank you for your goodness, Lord, and your patience and your mercy and your grace. We thank you. Lord, we thank you for who you are, all that you do. We thank you for your word. You have the words of life and only you. Lord Jesus, thank you that you came on our behalf. You died in our place. That you died that we might have life and have it more abundantly. I pray that we, were, that we will live our lives to the fullest. Be abundant life Christians. I pray that we'll do it for your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good to see y'all this morning. What a, what a day it's been already. My goodness, the Lord just continues to bless, and we're so uh, thankful for him. Sand Springs, we are a Bible-based church. One of you got it. I'm going to keep saying it till we get there. We're a Bible-based church, Christ-centered church. Spirit-led church. And what's that final one? Family focus. Family focus. This is the the direction of the Lord for our church that we would continue to build up the family, that we would strengthen the family. And so we're going to continue to do that. And uh, we're finishing our last sermon on the homework. But uh, just remember, this is who we are. So you're going to hear it come up over and over and over again. Uh, that we focus on the family. We want to continue to strengthen the family. We want to defend the family. When we, when we do that in the world that we live in, just know that we come against resistance. We come against resistance. We, we recognize that that's going to happen. We know that, that we are a very countercultural people as Christians. As Christians, uh, we, we don't go with the flow. We, we go against the flow. Uh, but just, just know that that's, that's, a, a part of the, that's a part of the deal, man. That's just part of it. And uh, I, I want to point this out, too. I said this the first Sunday, uh, that home is a place to fight for, not a place to fight in. It's not a place to fight in. It's a place to fight for. But it's also a place to fight from. And I want to say that, but also give a, a little warning label to that, too. You got to remember who it is that we're fighting. And it's not people. It's not people. It's the enemy who hates the people that is continuing to, to steal, kill, and destroy. And so in a culture that wants to, to push more people, it's, it's under the sway of the evil one, the Bible tells us. He, he's called the ruler of the world. In a culture that wants to continue to push people towards destruction, we're, we're, we're the ones saying, no, we love people. We want to point you towards life. We want to point you for, towards abundant life. And so remember that. We ought to be a people of joy. We ought to be a people who, who have confidence in who we are as a Christian. And, and don't apologize. Please, don't apologize for having standards, biblical standards. Now, y'all are a little quiet today, and y'all better get your stuff together because... <laughs> Y'all don't know how tired I am. <laughs> I, I had three services yesterday. I'll have three this morning. I'll have one tonight. Seven services in two days. I need your help. So would you please talk back to me? <laughs> it's okay here. We want you to. And so we as a Christian community and having Christian homes, we, we need to recognize. I'm going to go back to the same threes that we preached on last Sunday. And if you remember them with me, it was eight, the first H was happy. The second one was healthy, and the third one was holy. 
We're going to use those in reverse order today and go in the opposite direction. But I, I wanted to kind of give those disclaimers first and kind of let you know where we're going uh, as uh, this sermon is. The, the whole thrust of it is that as the children of God in a culture that it seems like has everything against God, you're, you're going to experience resistance. But do not, do not be ashamed or apologize or, uh, you know, just kind of cow down because you don't fit the culture. You're not supposed to fit the culture. You're not supposed to. If this world is not our home, this, this home, our home should not look like this world. Everybody got that? If this world is not our home, our home should not look like this world. I want to look in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. There's, there's three times in the Bible that this statement is made. First is in Deuteronomy. I'm just going to look at one passage in 1 Peter. And it says this, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. If you were in the old King James, it says a peculiar people. And some of y'all are more peculiar than others. <laughs> We're supposed to be peculiar. We're supposed to be different. It's okay to be different. It's not okay to not be different. I want you to just marinate on that for a second. It's okay to be different. You're supposed to be different. It's not okay to not be different. It's not okay to look like the world. We may be in this world, but we're not of this world, and we should not look like this world. Everybody with me on that? And so you just go ahead and accept that and, and embrace that and, and don't be embarrassed by it. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God. That should give us some excitement. That should give us some joy that, that now we are the people of God. We, 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 we used to be out there in darkness. Look at what verse 10. Who were once not a people, but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. We used to be, we've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. 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 I want to I keep going. Look at Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. And uh, verse 13 says, enter by the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. So if you're headed to hell, you got a big crowd around you. It's going to be, it's going to be fun for a little bit. <laughs> Y'all with me? That was a, uh, I, if you're just going with the crowd, the destination is not so good. You might enjoy your journey. I didn't. I didn't. There's not much to enjoy. But there's a big crowd going there. I'm going to read it again. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. So let me just kind of try and give you a, a, a mental image here. He, he's saying... There's a big old flow of a lot of people headed towards destruction. And here, I believe it's right in the middle. There's a, there's a narrow way in the middle of that flow. And we're just like, excuse me, pardon me, we're, we're going this way. Pardon me, uh, let me, I'm, I'm sorry, but I have to get my family through. And, and, and we're countercultural, are we not? If you don't believe it, 
just take this standard of, of, of God's holy word and look at it, and I, I hate to even say this, and contrast it with what you see on the television. And then turn off the television. <laughs> because it, 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 you, you'll recognize just how countercultural we are. I, I've traveled this year more than I ever have in my entire life. It seemed like from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, we traveled. And, and, and uh, it, it's no matter where you go. We started off this year in California, so that ought to tell you something. But uh, just recognizing just how different we are. We're just different. And guess what? That's okay. That's all right. That's all right. It's not okay to not be different. Matthew chapter 10, uh, Jesus also says this, uh, verse 32. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. And so you just, just go ahead and build up some confidence and confess. Verse 33. But whoever, and by the way, if 32 didn't convict you that uh, maybe 33 will. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. And so we need to get just really serious about this fact that, that we are peculiar people. We are a special people. We are to be holy. And remember, what does holy mean? Set apart for his purposes. That's what it means. Set apart for his purposes. That We are God's, and we are, as God's children, we do what God does. And we're set apart for his purposes. And so just go ahead and say, that's who we are. And, and I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm not going to apologize for it. So that's number one, be holy. Number two, be healthy. Confess with confidence. If I'm told in the scriptures, in Hebrews chapter four and Hebrews chapter six, if I'm told in the scriptures that I can approach the throne, the throne of God, the throne of grace, if I can approach God himself with confidence, if I can come up in the presence of almighty God with confidence, because of Jesus, by the way, if I can do that, then why am I going to cower before mere men? Something about that. If I can approach almighty God with confidence, then why in the world would I cower before mere men? And the other scripture says, if God is for us, who can be against us? And, and, I mean, it's not saying that they won't be against you. It's almost it's like, who cares if they're against us? <laughs> who cares? God's for us. That ought to be your confidence. That ought to be your motivation. God's for us. And so what is it to be holy and healthy? To be holy is to be set aside for God's purposes. Be, I, I'm set apart. I'm his. I've made the decision. I, this, is just, this is an interesting thought. I was told at a, uh, here the other day for the umpteenth time, do you know there's people out there that don't like you? I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> I know that. Uh, and, and they were talking about some decisions that I had made and that we had made as a church and, and uh, don't regret a single one of them. They're like, yeah, there are people who don't like you because of the decisions that you made at Sand Springs Church. And, and I'm not going into what those decisions were. But I said, yeah, I, I know. I counted the cost before I made that decision. I counted the cost before I made that decision. And I knew that that would be the case, and I'm okay with it. I hope that you counted the cost before you made a decision to follow Jesus and recognize there will be those that don't like that, that aren't okay with it. But are you okay with it? Then just go ahead and embrace it. Just say, I, I knew that that was going to be the case. I already counted the cost, decided this was worth the decision of saying, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to do what I feel that the Lord is leading me to do. And uh, I recognize it won't be a, a, a popular decision. Didn't expect to be popular. 
I'd rather be a friend of God and an enemy of the world than a friend with the world and an enemy of God. Amen. 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 I might get to preach it here in a little bit. God help me. <laughs> and so 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 16. 1 Peter 4, 16. You, no, that's not where I was wanting to go. There it is. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. But let him glorify God in this matter. Good enough. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Just continue to say, I'm not going to be popular. I don't care to be popular. Just continue to say, all right, some people aren't going to like my decisions. But I, my decision is based on the Lord and not the world. It's based on the scriptures, the truth, and only he has the words of life. Matthew chapter 5. Uh, and remember, the point that I'm trying to bring here is what is healthy. And I'm, I'm bringing that about because it's the healthy mindset that says, it's okay that I'm different. It's okay that I'm not, uh, I don't go with the flow. It's okay that my family does not look like family on TV. It's okay. I don't want it to look like family on TV. It, I, I'm telling you, I don't want it to. So as, as, as we have this healthy environment in our home, uh, it, it's a home in which you're accepted. It's a home in which we're loved. You don't have to put on a show. You don't have to, uh, to achieve in order to be accepted. Are y'all with me on that? Do not. And I know that in this, in this congregation, uh, there's shifting, in, by the way, all the time at Sand Springs. I'm expecting the third service to be more full because uh, some, some have shifted. Last Sunday, y'all know how full it was? Don't think that there's all, all of a sudden something happened in our church. People left. No, they're actually going to the third service. And so, but I know there's y'all, a lot of young families here. Please don't put a, an environment in your home as you're raising your children that they have to achieve to be accepted. You be a father like the heavenly father who says you are accepted in the beloved. You are the accepted of Christ in the beloved. So, all right, so let me get back to my sermon. That's a healthy mindset. That's a mindset that says, uh, I don't have to apologize for being a child of God. Actually, that is my confidence. That is my joy. Why would I be ashamed of being accepted by God? All right, Matthew chapter five, verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus said they hated them. They hated me. They're going to hate you. Okay. I considered that before I made that decision. Let's go, Lord. <laughs> I recognize it's not going to be a popular decision. I'm all right with that. But here we go. Christian, you need to have confidence that the very one who bought you, the very one who saved you, he's going to walk with you all the way to the very end. Amen. That's some confidence that you need to have. I, I, my boys, when they were uh, little guys, would be driving around in the car and they'd, they'd make this comment. It's the popo. Be cool. <laughs> And I, I don't know where they, they got that. And, and I thought about that this morning because I, I was thinking, is the word cool even used anymore? And then I remember my boy saying, it's the popo, be cool. And so, 
<laughs> like we had something to hide, you know. Put that joint away, quit. <laughs> Three-year-old. <laughs> and, and I got to thinking, what is it to be cool? Have y'all, you know, y'all remember back in your younger days when you just really wanted to be cool? Yeah. Now I just want to be comfortable. But anymore, it used to be. <laughs> used to, you know, that was an important thing about my blue jeans, about my shirts. I wanted to look cool, but now I just want to be comfortable. Like, they got enough space in there. Is that enough room in there? And so, to be cool is to be confident. Is to be confident. To say, I'm not worried about what you think. Am I right or not? Y'all know the cool kids in school. Maybe you were him, her. They were the ones that, doesn't matter what you think. Because I'm living for me. Now, please don't live for you, live for him. But be confident in it. Be confident in it. All right, let me get off that. Cowardice and compromise are not effective kingdom tools. Confidence and kindness are. I'm going to say that again. And I think this is pretty good because I wrote it. Uh, <laughs> cowardice and compromise are not effective kingdom tools. In fact, Romans, uh, Revelation 21.8, God said there's a list of those who don't make heaven. He said that they'll burn in the lake of fire. And the first one on the list is the coward. There's no room in the kingdom of God for a coward. That's why we read previously, if you won't confess Jesus, he won't confess you. But if you do, he will. And so he, he, there's no room in the kingdom of heaven for a coward. And so the com compromise and cowardice are not effective kingdom tools. Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed. Don't, don't just be, and, and, and in case y'all have never heard me talk about what that is, that word in uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 conformed it's the word it, it's a mental picture you take the picture of a mold and you're pressing you're pressing clay into that mold and so don't be squoze into a mold and if y'all never heard me use that word it's because it's a past tense of squeeze <laughs> don't be squoze into a mold don't be pressed into the mold of this world because it don't look like jesus so don't be conformed, pressed into mold, to this world, but be transformed. See, the, the, this, this being pressed into a mold to look like what the world thinks we ought to look like, it's an outward pressure. Y'all follow me? There's an outward pressure to be conformed. But he said be transformed. That's an inward power. Don't, don't be, don't be Conform with the outward pressure of what you're supposed to look like, what you're supposed to act like, what you're supposed to don't be transformed. And it says with the renewing of your mind, with the renewing of your mind. All right, James chapter three. We're going to talk in just a second about what it is to be a good advertisement for Christ. Last week, I started with happy, and then I went to healthy, and then I went to holy. This week, I started with holy. And then it went to healthy, and now we're going to end on happy. And then if I say it enough times, maybe you'll remember what the Christian home should look like, should feel like. It should be happy, healthy, and holy. Or holy, healthy, and happy. You pick the order. I don't care. So I'm just trying to say it over and over again so you'll remember. In the Christian home, there ought to be an atmosphere 
of joy and not heaviness. If your religion has left you heavy, then all it is is religion and not a relationship. If it is, if it is just calling, causing you to be weighed down, here's what Jesus said, come to me all who you are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is what? Light. So your, your relationship with the Lord ought to be empowering, not weighing you down. And so as a Christian, I, that my attitude ought to be one of happiness, one of joy. I should be joyful in Jesus and, and, and not an obnoxious Christian. I call them foghorn Christians. And a, a foghorn Christian is one who alerts everyone to the problem and yet does nothing about it. They're very loud. Y'all ever heard of foghorn? Y'all want me to imitate foghorn? No, you don't. <laughs> you ever heard the most annoying noise in the world? Dumb it. Some of y'all know Dumb and Dumber, but uh, um, I like quality entertainment like that. <laughs> but a foghorn is very annoying to, because it has to have several different tones for someone who's tone deaf. And so it has all different tones in the foghorn. And so it has to be very annoying on purpose and very loud on purpose. And there are very, some Christians who are very annoying and very loud and they just really like to alert the world of what they're against. And I'm trying to say this at the same time. Be bold in the truth. But don't be an obnoxious, annoying Christian. The, the, the truth of God's word is offensive enough. You just let it stand on its own. You just let it stand on its own. But you can approach that person who does not stand, come under the standard of God's word with mercy and grace. Go with me. You just let this do the offending. That's fine. It's going to. I was listening to a sermon by Vance Havner. He was an old country preacher. I loved Vance Havner. He was the one, I've quoted him before. He was the one that said, I don't understand anything. I don't understand everything in this word, just like I don't understand electricity. He said, I don't understand electricity, but I'm not going to sit around in the dark till I figure it out. I'm like, I like that. Here's what he said. He said, somebody claimed that I was rubbing people the wrong way. He said, no, I'm not. Turn the cat around. <laughs> if he turns around, now I'm just petting it. And that's what I'm saying. With, with the truth of God's word, some people are going to get rubbed the wrong way. Well, it's because they're going against the truth. But just recognize that, that that's what they are. But as soon as they turn around now all of a sudden they're lined up with truth and so uh, when we, when it comes to us as a christian being a, a happy christian we ought to be good advertisement and, and and here's what jesus was he was full of grace and truth and grace every time let's look at it john chapter one grace always preceded truth wait hang on before i go to john chapter one i i, I already led y'all to james chapter three i'm gonna read that first James chapter 3, verse 9, actually in verse 8, it's talking about the, the mouth. Verse 9, with it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude or the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceed cursing and blessing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. If you're going to be a Christian who properly represents Christ, if we could just get this thing under control, y'all with me? My, our mouths give us so much problem. And, and the scripture says, it's not like that in nature. Let's keep reading. 
Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing, my brethren. These things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Here we are, the crowning achievement of, of, of God's creation uh, made with his own hands, the, the, the cherry on top of, of all creation. And yet in nature, you won't find a spring that's got salt water and fresh water flowing out of the same spring. He said, though, so why is the crowning achievement of creation, us as Christians, why are we like that? Why is it that, that we can come to church on a Sunday morning and, and sing these songs and worship God and praise him and, oh man, it's just, it's just the glory of God flowing out of our mouths. But let somebody cut us off when we pull out there on that highway and see how much glory comes out. <laughs> see how much praise comes out. Uh, and so that when we go out there into this world to represent Jesus, let us remember that. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. The Bible says we will be accountable, held accountable for every idle word. Uh Uh-oh. I got a lot of repenting to do. I got a lot of forgiveness to ask for. It's those idle words that'll get you, ain't it? When the brain is in neutral, when just coasting along, it's the idle ones that'll get you. It says if we could just control this mouth. Now I'll go to John chapter 1. In John chapter 1, it says, Jesus came to his own, his own received him not, but to as many as received him, to them he gave the right to be called children of God. I hope that's you. In verse 14, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of what? Grace and truth. Now, I started off saying we're truth people, standard of God's word. But let's just keep reading. Jesus came full of what? Grace and truth. And in verse 16, it says, and of his fullness, we have all received and grace for grace. Ever abounding grace is what that means. An ever abounding grace. For the law was given through Moses... But what? Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace should always precede truth, but do not neglect the truth. I'm trying to tell us, I'm trying to encourage you to to go out and be on kingdom mission. And in doing so, not be an obnoxious Christian, but one who properly represents Jesus and that you're meeting people with his grace along with the truth. We're not compromised Christians who puts away the truth and say we're going to go along with the world. And if and let me just tell you, that don't work. I had someone come to me, and he was trying to convince me that his sinful lifestyle was okay and that if he lived that way and witnessed to his friends who were also living that way, then he could have an inroad into his friends' lives and win them for the gospel. I said, I give you, I give you an entire year. You, I'll give you an entire year to be a soul winner in sin. And at the end of this year, at the end of this year, you tell me that you have one, one person to Christ doing that, then I'll just go along with you. And I say, all right, just keep smoking dope and trying to win your friends of the Lord. Let's just go ahead and try that. And he's like, nah. I'm telling y'all the truth. This is a real conversation. He's like, nah, I'm not going to do that. 
I'm not going to do that. Why? Because he knew that he could not continue in the lifestyle he was continuing. I mean, he, he knew it. He tried to convince me. Let, let me, I just want to continue in that lifestyle. I'm like, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. But he didn't really care about winning his friends to Christ. He just wanted, to, uh, wanted me to give him a pass on his sins. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. But I will. Uh, let's, just, let's, just, let's just bargain. Let's just gamble on this thing. You go ahead and do that and win one person to Christ in a whole year. And I'll agree with you. You can do it. Mm-mm. No. Why? You do not win the world by becoming like the world. Why would they want what you have if you were just like them? It don't make any sense. It don't make any sense. And so we are not of this world. We are not like this world. And so just go out there and recognize that. Embrace that. Don't be embarrassed by that. And just go out there and you just be Jesus. But don't compromise. Don't say, well, I'm just going to be like this world. I'm going to put the truth behind me and just try and be friendly and kind. And Well, what are you going to win them to? Because he is the truth. He is the truth. All right. I kind of got off track a little bit right there. John chapter 1, verse 14. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Lead with grace. Lead with the love of Christ. Romans says it's His kindness that leads us to repentance. Amen? So we ought to also be that way. Here's what I want to do. I want us to, each and every one of us, recognize the mission of your home. Your home is not a place to fight in. It's a place to fight for, and it's a place to fight from. But you're not fighting people. You're fighting the dominion of darkness. And the way you defeat darkness is not with more darkness. It's with light. You shine the light. You shine the truth of God's word. And so we go out there with that in mind, with that understanding in mind, and that who we are is to be just like who he is. I want you to recognize that... uh, Um, you're not like the world. You're not supposed to be like the world. If you are like the world, there's something wrong. You're a compromised Christian. And that ought to cut you to the core. Don't try and be like them to win them. They don't need more people like them. They need someone dramatically different to point them to the one who can absolutely save them. And so as I just present this to you this morning if you're here today and you you said i want my home to be not just a a shelter but a home base to go out on mission the first thing i need to do i need to make sure that i'm healthy happy that i'm healthy that i'm holy see holiness leads to health and health leads to happiness and if i'm that way then i bring that into my home everybody with me only takes one sick person to get the whole house sick right and so I need to bring that in my home, and I need to lead my family in that way. And, and, and by the way, every member of the household is responsible. It ain't just dad. It ain't just mom. Every member of the household is responsible. So if, I'm, if I am right in the Lord and our family is right in the Lord, it's not to contain that there. This church is not to say, all right, let's just continue to defend the gospel. Let's all stay, just try and keep from losing anything here in the church. We're just going to stay in the four walls and defend, defend, defend. The church was never to be on the defense. Church was always meant to be on the offense, to be on the move. 
And so uh, the best offense, the best defense is a good offense. And so I need to go out there with this in mind. I wrote it down. It's good. I'm going to read it. Where did I write it? Here it goes. The end goal is the glorification of Christ, the multiplication of his kingdom, and the salvation of the lost. Amen. You ever known those Christians that they thought the end goal was that they were going to be bold? They were going to be bold. They were going to be so in your face. They were going to be so obnoxious. And they would go home boasting because of how bold they were. God wasn't pleased with that. I said confidence. Confidence in who you are in Christ Jesus, but not obnoxious. Go out there knowing the end goal. It's the same end goal that God wants. The glory of Christ, the growth of his kingdom, the good of this community. That's our motto here at Sand Springs. We say it over and over again. It's on the screen when you come into the church. The glory of Christ, the growth of his kingdom, and the good of this community. If you go out there with that end goal in mind, you'll come back rejoicing because God's heart was pleased too. want to have our time of communion together. When I said that you're not like the world, if you are like the world, there's a problem. When we come together as a church, what is the church? The church is like a a headquarters in which families can come back together and say, there's strength in numbers. I'm not out there by myself. I'm not alone in this, but we're all in this together. And so as we take communion, let's do this, reminding ourselves that as Jesus is, so are we, full of grace and truth. You could stand with me, please do, stand with me as we have this time of communion. Lord Jesus, thank you that you came in human form for our salvation. Lord, I pray that you would just help us to see that we are already are equipped. Because Christ dwells within us, we're equipped with everything we need to live out this life of Christ in this world. Lord Jesus, thank you. By your stripes, we're healed. By your wounds, we're whole. And because of you, we are who we need to be. So in Jesus' name we pray, amen. As we take of the cup, let's remind ourselves that because of his blood, we're saved. Lord Jesus, thank you that you died in order to give us life. You died for me that I might live for you. And there's power in this. But I pray that we'd live out who you called us to be. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.